السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على إن الحمد لله حمدا يليق بجلال وجهه وعظيم سلطانه اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقرة أعيننا ونور قلوبنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وكرم على عبدك المصطفى سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الأطهار وأصحابه الأخيار ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله تقوى الله الذي لا يقبل غيرها ولا يرحم إلا أهلها ولا يثيب إلا عليها وأحسن يرحمكم الله إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The sovereign, the overpowering, the all-knowing, the all-wise Jalla Jalaluh We bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship except our Lord, the One, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we bear witness that our noble and beloved Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, Allah's beloved and the seal of the prophets and messengers was his messenger and his servant, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. My beloved elders, community, I remind myself and all of you to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the currency of the akhirah. It is the provisions that we take when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with every passing day and with every passing moment, we come nearer to that reality. So we must prepare for it with being mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fulfilling his commandments and avoiding his prohibitions. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that his mercy is near those who act with excellence. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of ihsan and make us of the muhsineen. Ameen, ya rabbil alameen. We're continuing to look at these foundational ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and to realize as Imam al-Ghazali says and that we've repeated in this series of khutbas that Imam al-Ghazali says that every single word of Allah's Messenger is an ocean from the oceans of wisdom and if a scholar, a person of deep knowledge contemplated them as they rightly deserve he would continue studying one hadith and one word for the rest of his life and not come to all of the depths of its meaning, not attain all of its realities. And we are in need of reconnecting with Allah's Messenger. As we enter into the month of Rabi'ul Awwal, the month in which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was born, we are reminded of our covenants with Allah's Messenger. We are reminded that we have no exemplar, no role model, 
except him, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi, and those who follow in his footsteps. As the dunya and all of these various, uh, all of these various pulls, these gravitational pulls that pull us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spiritually, they pull us in different directions. We're reminded that our Imam is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We're reminded that the one who opens the gates of paradise is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And that all other people on that day, if they were not following him, they will be mute. They will have nothing to say. So we remind ourselves of that and we renew our covenants with him. And in our mind's eye and in our heart and in our intentions, we tell him, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, that we prefer no one over you. You are the greatest of Allah's creation, and it is a blessing from Allah that he made us of your ummah. So as we continue to look at these ahadith, we're studying another one of the foundational ahadith upon which the religion is built. And the meanings of this deen stem from. And we looked so far at the hadith about intentions and its importance. And we talked about the hadith in the last uh, khutbah on this subject. We talked about the hadith related to the excellence of a person's Islam, uh, leaving aside that which does not benefit them. The next hadith, which is one of the foundational hadith, which is narrated by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الحلال بين والحرام بين وبينهما مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات استبرأ لدينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام كالراعي يرعى حول الحما يوشك أن يرتع فيه ألا وإن لكل ملك حما ألا وإن حما الله محارمه ألا وإن في الجسد مضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي القلب. The Prophet وسلم, said in a hadith narrated by Bukhari and Muslim, that which is lawful is clear, that which is halal is clear, and that which is forbidden is clear. And between the two of them are doubtful matters about which not many people have knowledge. Whoever avoids the doubtful matters protects his religion and honor. But whoever falls into doubtful matters falls into that which is forbidden. Like a shepherd whose flock grazes near a restricted area, all but grazing therein. Truly, every king has restricted areas and Allah's restricted areas are his prohibitions. Truly in the body there is a piece of flesh. If it is sound, the entire body is sound. But if it is corrupted, the entire body is corrupted. Truly it is the heart. Truly it is the heart. This hadith, as Imam Abu Dawood and other ulama said, that all of the affair of Islam is built around this hadith and other foundational ahadith from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. So the ulama say that that which is halal is clear. Those things that are uh, made lawful by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are clear, whether it relates to food or whether it relates to actions or whether it relates to intentions. And that which is 
haram, that which is forbidden is also clear. That there are actions that are very explicitly haram. And no one except a very sick person tries to twist those things into permissible things. They're clear. Taking a life without right is haram. Lying, uh, uh, lewd acts related to one's morality and one's behavior, those things are haram. They're forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then between the two of them are doubtful matters. And the ulama, they say that there are several understandings. What is a doubtful matter? They say that it can be something that you know it's halal, but then you're doubtful whether some other aspect related to it became affected its lawfulness. And the ulama say when it, with relation to that, a person goes with what they have certainty of, that they know for certain that it was halal. And they're uncertain about if some other aspect might have changed it. Or something that is haram, and then someone is unclear about whether that forbidden thing, something might have changed it into something that is permissible. They say the best in the best case scenario to avoid that. And then there are other things that a person does not have knowledge of. Which is why seeking knowledge is so important because when a person has knowledge, the shaitan cannot trip them up. When a person knows what Allah is pleased with and knows what is forbidden, what is disliked, what is khilaf al-awla, what is, goes against what is more preferred, what is a, a sunnah, what is an obligation, that person has clarity on all things. Which is why seeking knowledge, the ulama, the people of righteousness, they dedicated themselves to seeking knowledge so that they would never be in a position where they did not know how to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they had clarity in every situation. And even then, when there was a lack of clarity, when there was something doubtful, they had a virtue, one of the greatest spiritual virtues, which is known as wara'ah which is known as scrupulousness, is being extra careful. I'm not sure about this thing, so I am going to avoid it. And that a person who does, does so, a person who avoids the doubtful matters, protects his religion and his honor. A person who avoids doubtful matters protects his religion and his honor. And even now in psychological studies in modern times, they show that people who are disciplined, People who are able to, whether it's discipline with relation to what they eat or exercise or work ethic or whatever it may be, that those people who are disciplined, they actually have systems in their day-to-day -day life that minimizes their exposure to things that will distract them or cause them harm. So, oh, you're so disciplined. No, you know, when I go to the store, I don't buy junk food. I'm not disciplined. I like junk food as much as the next person, but I actually have an extra ba barrier or a boundary that prevents me from making it so accessible. So you think that I am disciplined, that I have this superpower of being able to avoid those things, but I actually just create rules and systems in my life that prevent me from falling into that thing that's harmful or that thing that I don't want. So the person appears to be disciplined. And if you see the salihin, that's why they have such a focus on time management and that they create environments of righteousness and goodness. And 
They're always on top of their prayers in jama'ah. They, they do their awrad together. Their entire life is organized in such a way so that those things that distract them and take them away from Allah don't really enter into the equation. They don't enter into a person's life. And by doing so, they're successful. And they maintain that and they're steadfast upon that and they become of the righteous. So the Prophet ﷺ teaches us Whoever avoids the doubtful matters protects his religion and his honor. That you have this system. If I'm not sure, I avoid it. Until I have clarity and I know that it's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I don't need it in my life. It's not something that I'm going to let my nafs have a say in the conversation about. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, نعم, وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبُهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ But whoever falls into doubtful matters falls into that which is forbidden. And Imam al-Nawawi, he says, يَحْتَمِلُ وَجْهَيْنِ This has two meanings possibly. أَنَّ مَنْ يُكْثِرْ طَعَاطِيَ الشُّبُهَاتِ يُصَادِفُ الْحَرَامِ وَإِنْ لَمْ يَعْمَدْهُ That a person who gets used to doubtful things, oh, that's a gray area, that eventually that person will do something haram even if they didn't mean to. Because they don't know that you're taking a risk. When you're engaging in doubtful things, a person is taking a risk. And when the Prophet says, and whoever falls into doubtful things falls into the haram, means that eventually they'll do so even if they didn't mean to. Imam al nawi says another meaning is that, that he gets used to being lax. He gets used to cutting corners in his religion. So then he gets more and more comfortable with doubtful things until even the haram doesn't seem like that big of a deal. So then they gradually will fall into the haram that way. And this is why there's a statement of the righteous. They say, That sins drive a person towards disbelief. Because it's a direction. It takes a person in a particular direction, and if they get used to that direction, it, that's where it's going to lead them. And if a person gets used to the direction of goodness, then it leads them to salah. It leads them to righteousness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala place us all on the path of the righteous. Ihdina sirat al mustaqim, sirat al ladina an'amta alayhim. Naam. So the hadith goes on that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa says that this is like a shepherd whose flock grazes near a restricted area, all but grazing therein. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's prohibitions are his restricted areas. Someone is a shepherd and they have sheep and that there is a boundary set by a king. And you know, uh, especially in, in, in the past, if, there, if someone violated the boundary of the king, the king would act with very swift uh, punishment. So it's like a person who has sheep and they're grazing. If you know that that's the boundary, that's the restricted area set by the king, and that the king has every right to punish his subjects who go there, you're not going to say, okay, you're just like six inches away. It's okay. The sheep hasn't... And you know that it tends to get more and more comfortable in the direction that it goes, especially if you don't keep an eye on it. And that's like the nafs. The nafs likes to do its own thing and, 
you feel like, you know, there's room. And before you know it, you're somewhere else. Which is why the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum wa ardahum, they would avoid permissible things, 70 things that were permissible, out of fear that it would lead them to something that is haram. It was something that in and of itself, they already had clarity, but they were looking with a very deep vision. What direction does this take me in? Even if it's permissible. Naam. And then the Prophet wasallam says, and Allah's restricted areas are his prohibitions. Truly, Allah's restricted areas, these sanctuaries are the things that he has made forbidden. And the ulama say, The various kinds of sins. So whoever enters it, deserves punishment. And there are some of those sins, or particularly one, shirk, that is unforgivable. And then there are other things other than shirk, that if a person asks Allah for forgiveness, it will be forgiven. But the point is that the Prophet ﷺ is telling us to be careful of these areas of the king, that if we violate them, there is a punishment. If we violate them, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us to account. And if we really thought deeply about it, who can withstand that? Who can withstand being questioned by Al-Jabbar, the overpowering Jalla Jalaluh? By the one, even when he asks Sayyidina Isa ibn Maryam, and he, he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has more knowledge when he asks Sayyidina Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus, the son of Mary, did you tell people to worship you as a God besides me? That out of his awe of Allah, he will fall to his knees. Alayhi salam. And he is of the most beloved of servants to Allah. Who can withstand that account? So we have to see in our lives that there are things that really lead us in directions that are not in our benefit. And you can see how these three ahadith relate to one another. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he tells us what it all returns back to. He tells us about the life of the heart. He tells us that if our hearts are rectified and we witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's majesty, and we are full of reverence and taqwa, and we have awareness that we will meet him, and we know of the nature of the world and its illusions and delusions, and we know of the tricks of the shaitan, and we are seeking to fulfill the reality of our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that this person will be safe. This person, everything else falls in order. Naam. The Prophet ﷺ, then he says, Truly in the body there is a piece of flesh. If it is rectified, then the entire body becomes rectified. If that this piece of flesh, and it really is referring to the spiritual heart, if it becomes illuminated with iman, if it becomes illuminated with irfan, with gnosis, direct experiential knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes, of nearness to Allah, of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights over us, 
of tasting the sweetness of Iman. A person will taste the sweetness of Iman, whoever is pleased with Allah as their Lord, Islam as their religion, and Muhammad as their messenger. And certitude. Then their entire body, all of their limbs become rectified. And they become rectified through righteous actions and beautiful character and the experiencing of states. And if the heart is corrupted or if this morsel of flesh is corrupted, if it becomes uh, muddied and it becomes darkened through uh, uh, being stubborn, and not submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having doubts and disbelief, the entire body becomes corrupted. Through corrupt actions and disobedience. So a person has a choice. A person has a choice. And the Prophet said that this piece of flesh is the heart. And the ulama say that the heart is like a king. And the limbs are like subjects. The heart is the core and the center, which is why the ulama, the people of inward spiritual realities, and this is why sometimes people, they get confused. Talk about the heart, 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 purifying your heart. Yani that just seems so metaphysical. We got real problems in the world. The problems in the world are manifestations of the problems of the hearts. If you solve the problem at its root cause, everything else fixes itself. The heart is the king and the limbs are uh, the subjects. So when a person has a righteous heart, all of their limbs follow suit and the opposite is true. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he often made the dua, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O turner of hearts, make my heart firm upon your religion. And you see, even the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, he had this uh, great wara'. He is the imam of the wari'een. He is the imam of the people of scrupulousness. But he once found a date in his house. And he said, Had I not feared that this was intended as charity, I would have eaten this date. And that he once saw his son, his grandson, I believe it was Sayyidina al-Husayn or Sayyidina al-Hassan about to eat a date that was on the floor and he pulled it from his mouth. Said, our family does not eat zakat. Showing even a baby the value of wara'. Not allowing something that is uh, doubtful enter into our bodies, enter into our stomachs. And another beautiful story from the wara'a of the companions and how the scrupulousness this carefulness, it opens doors of goodness. The story of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu's Islam is that he was a young boy who used to take care of sheep. He was a shepherd. He had a flock. And the Prophet sallallahu was outside of Mecca with Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And he did not know that this was the Prophet sallallahu just yet. He was a young boy. And the Prophet asks him, do any of the sheep with you or any of the animals with you, are they, do they have milk? Are they producing any milk? And he said, yes, 
but I am only entrusted with them. They are not mine. In other words, I can't give you the milk because these animals don't belong to me. And then the Prophet said, is there a young animal that hasn't produced any milk? And he said, yes. And then the Prophet said, give me that one. And he read on that animal and it's utter filled with milk. Miraculously. Doesn't belong to anyone. Only belongs to Rasulullah And he drank from it and Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq drank from it. And then the Prophet rubbed it one more time and it went back to the way it was. It shrunk once again. And Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he told the Prophet he said, teach me from the words that you know. Teach me the Quran. And he said, You are an inspired young boy. And he learned 70 surahs of the Quran directly from the Prophet But the point of the story is that he had wara. He was careful. Even when he was asked, he said, I am entrusted with this. It does not belong to me. So, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to adorn us with this virtue and to know that the safety and the health of our deen rests upon it and that uh, uh, when we rectify the state of our hearts and we rid our hearts of being stubborn and obstinate and selfish and wanting things our way and we submit to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we have access to true freedom and we have access to true life. And then we can then graze in the pastures of divine remembrance and divine selection and exaltation and honor. Ya Arham al-Rahimeen wa ya Akram al-Akramin Wallahu yaqulu wa qawluhu al-haqu al-mubeen Wa idha qurya al-Qur'anu fastami'u lahu wa ansitu la'allakum turhamoon وقال تبارك وتعالى فإذا قرأت القرآن فاستعذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا أطيعوا الله ورسوله ولا تولوا عنه وأنتم تسمعون ولا تكونوا كالذين قالوا سمعنا وهم لا يسمعون إن شر الدواب عند الله الصم البكم الذين لا يعقلون ولو علم الله فيهم خيرا لأسمعهم ولو أسمعهم لتولوا وهم معرضون يا أيها الذين آمنوا استجيبوا لله وللرسول إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم واعلموا أن الله يحول بين المرء وقلبه وأنه إليه تحشرون الله سبحانه وتعالى says just one of the verses of this passage O you who believe respond to Allah and his messenger when he invites you when he calls you to that which gives you life. And this is the life of the heart and the soul. And this is why the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say that the day that I was born is the day that I came to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhum, he said the people of Allah, they are alive. And most of the people on the face of the earth, they're already encased in their graves while they're in their own bodies. This is the true life. And know that Allah knows what rests between a man and his heart. And to him is the ultimate return. 
بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم وأجارنا من خزه وعذابه الأليم أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم ولوالدينا ولجميع المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم إن الحمد لله حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيدا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك وكرم على عبدك المصطفى سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم نفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله وأكثر من الصلاة والسلام على البشير النذير السراج المنير سيدنا محمد فإن الله أمركم بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه وثن بالملائكة المسبحة بقدسه وآيها بالمؤمنين تعميما فقال مخبرا وآمرا لهم تكريما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى الخليفة من بعده المختار وصاحبه وأنيسه في الغار مؤازر رسول الله في حالي الساعة والضيق خليفة رسول الله سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه وعلى من نشر العدل في الآفاق فاشتهر الذي رفع الله له القدر فيما أنزل على خير البشر حليف المحراب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه وعلى الناصح لله في السر والإعلان من استحيت منه ملائكة الرحمن محي الليالي بتلاوة القرآن ذو النورين أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله عنه وعلى أخ النبي المصطفى وابن عمه ووليه وباب مدينة علمه إمام أهل المشارق والمغارب سيدنا أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه وعلى الحسن والحسين سيدي شباب أهل الجنة في الجنة وريحانتي نبيك بنص السنة وعلى أمهما الحوراء فاطمة البتول الزهراء وعلى خديجة الكبرى وعائشة الرضا وأمهات المؤمنين وعلى الحمزة والعباس وسائر أهل بيت نبيك الذي طهرتهم من الدنس والأرجاس وعلى أهل بدر وأهل أحد وأهل بيعة الرضوان وعلى سائر الصحب الأكرمين ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا في مقامنا هذا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا مريضا إلا شفيته ولا حاجة من حوائج الدنيا والآخرة إلا قضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها يا أرحم الراحمين وقل ربي زدني علما اللهم زدنا علما وعملا متقبلا يا أرحم الراحمين Oh Allah we ask you most merciful 
that you increase us in guidance and that you increase us in taqwa and that you purify our hearts and that you make our hearts a place of light and iman and certitude and reflection and knowledge and nearness to you, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. We ask you, Ya Allah, as we approach the blessed month of the birth of your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi wa Alihi wa Wasallam that you grant every single one of us and our parents and our teachers and every member of the Ummah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a direct connection to him that is never severed neither in this life nor in the Barzakh nor in the Akhirah Ya Arhamar Rahimin we ask you Ya Allah that as your mercy and your lights descend and spread that you hasten with the guidance of our brothers and sisters in humanity you hasten with the the guidance of our neighbors and our relatives and our friends and our co-workers we ask you ya Allah that you fill their hearts with light you fill their hearts with the light of Islam and that you take them from the darkness and the constriction of the dunya into the breadth and the light of iman and nearness to you and following the way of your messengers alayhim as-salam ya akram al-akramin wa ya arham ar-rahimin wa ya ajwad al-ajwadin عباد الله إن إن الله أمر بثلاث ونهى عن ثلاث إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر